Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Saturday, October the 28th. And welcome to our commentary. Well, it's actually a rainy day around here. It's kind of chilly and rainy. I'm not sure what the temperature is, but it feels like maybe, I don't know, 50, maybe 55. So it's not the kind of weather you associate with baseball. But we're in a baseball mood around here. Thank God for the roof, by the way. I was just thinking, if we didn't have a roof today, I wonder if we would even play a, a game two of the of the World Series. But we are. We're going to play a, a second game tonight because we have a roof. We have a great new stadium. And uh, we have a great World Series underway here. You know, last night you had this amazing first game. You had President Bush or W. Bush throw the opening pitch uh, to Ivan Rodriguez, one of the great Rangers of all time, Hall of Fame catcher. And he came in and he threw that pitch. And I was reminded of the last time that President Bush uh, threw a pitch in the World Series. Of course, that goes back to game three of the 2001 World Series when the Diamondbacks went to Yankee Stadium and President Bush threw that beautiful strike uh, in, in that World Series. And of course, that was a totally different situation back then. That was what, 10 days, 15 days? After 9-11, where the whole country obviously was uh, was very angry and very emotionally uh, impacted by by 9-11. And, and it was great that President Bush and baseball were able to put a lot of the, a lot of hearts back in the right place. And uh, he threw that perfect strike. But I couldn't help but but think about this, that, you know, he threw that opening strike uh, back in in 2001. And in that game, the, the Yankees beat the Diamondbacks in extra innings on a home run. And last night, uh, the Rangers beat uh, the Diamondbacks in a uh, extra inning home run. Uh, last night's game, of course, the Rangers had this incredible comeback. They came back in the bottom of the ninth with Corey Seager hitting a two-run homer. And then the man of the hour, I don't know how this guy does it, but he just keeps doing it. And that's Adolis Garcia, better known around here as El Bombi, uh, had that incredible finish, a uh, home run right down in the right field uh, side. And it was, uh, you know, it was just kind of like a line drive. It was, I wasn't sure, honestly, I, when he first hit it, I wasn't sure it was going to go out because it wasn't that high, but it just got over the, the fence and the glove of the right fielder trying to catch it. And it was just a, an incredible way to end uh, an amazing first game. So game two is tonight. It will be played, whatever the weather is. We will have baseball today because of that roof. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, tonight the Rangers have uh, Jordan Montgomery starting, who's been a, a top-notch postseason pitcher for the Rangers. And let's see what El Bombi Garcia does as a, a follow-up. I mean, this guy has just been unbelievable. You know, you keep every time he comes to the plate, you keep thinking, what is he going to do now? What is he going to do now? Well, we don't know, and that's why we're going to watch the game. So tonight at 7 from Arlington, uh, game two of the World Series. I'm not sure who the D-backs are pitching. I'm, I'm, I haven't uh, seen the box score so I have or the sports sheet, so I cannot tell you who they're pitching. But I will tell you this about the D-backs, the Diamondbacks. I can understand why they're in the National League or they're representing the National League, even though during the season – they didn't, you know, they won 84 games and they were the last team to qualify. But when you look at this team and and you look at the way they run, I mean, if you put them on base, 
if you walk one of these guys, he's going to be on second base a couple of pitches later. They run, they play great defense, and they've got some pretty good pitching from what we saw last night as well. I'm not sure about their hitting or their power. That part I'm, I'm not exactly sure about. But as far as their their ability to steal bases, man, they are they're the best. And they will just run you to death. And that's why I think they were able to beat some veteran teams like the Dodgers and the Braves because they'll, they'll just run you to death that, you know, they'll just, uh, they go from first to third and they, they score. And last night, for example, they, they scored three runs, one inning, and they didn't really hit the ball hard. It was one ball that was hit hard. The rest of it was just perfectly placed uh, ground balls that when you run like they do become a real problem for the other team. So that, I mean, I wasn't sure about the D backs. I we just didn't know that much about them. But from, from what I saw last night, that is a good team. That is really a good team. And I can certainly understand why they're in the in the World Series. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, about politics. I have a post over at the American Thinker today, Saturday morning. And uh, I'm telling you in that post that I'm going to dress up as Hakeem Jeffries uh, for Halloween. I'm going to dress up as Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries, of course. Is the Democrat my, you know, the Democrat leader in the House? I'm not exactly sure what you call him. I think you call him the minority leader. Maybe that's the Senate. But he is the top Democrat in the House. And, you know, he's a very well spoken guy. He speaks really well. He's pretty good, actually, when he gets behind the microphone. He's actually pretty good, very eloquent. But Hakeem Jeffries has a history of election denying. So I'm going to dress up as Hakeem Jeffries, as a Hakeem Jeffries election denying. And I've got 13 different quotes from Hakeem that I'm going to be saying as I go around from house to house on Halloween. And if you want to read these quotes, they're in my American Thinker post. But Hakeem, Hakeem did a lot of election denying when it came to President uh with President Trump. And, you know, the key here is, and I know that politicians will say things, and I can understand that. But what is really interesting about election denying, not necessarily defending uh, President Trump, but what always amazes me about election denying is how much of a one-way street it has become. There are videos and videos of Democrats denying the election of 2016, uh, denying the election of 2000, 2004. Remember, Bush was illegitimate and they didn't want to count the votes in some states in 2004, namely Ohio. They were saying that there was something wrong. So they've, they've done a lot of election denying over the years, these Democrats, but nobody seems to get angry about it. Nobody seems to care about it. And that's why, you know, I decided to dress up or I'm going to dress up as Hakeem Jeffries election denier for Halloween. So if you see a guy out there with a Hakeem Jeffries mask uh, reading about uh, election results or illegitimate presidents, that's me. That's me going around uh, talking about uh, election denying. Well, we have a new speaker, Speaker Johnson. Uh, I don't know much about him. I know he's from Louisiana. But what I've seen so far, I like. He's well-spoken, presents his case very well. And I think the key, of course, is what happens over the next 30 days when they negotiate. But I can tell you this, if I can give the speaker a little bit of advice, this is what I would say. Number one, 
you're going to have to handle the different spending requests individually, meaning Ukraine should be up and down. Um, Israel should be up and down. And then, of course, the border. They need to do more on the border. And the idea that you put it all in a package, I don't think that's going to fly. And it shouldn't fly. So I hope this, the speaker will insist on having a uh, an up and down vote on Ukraine and an up and down vote on the border. Now, I think Israel, we know how that's going to go. That's going to go overwhelmingly. Is it, it should be overwhelmingly in favor of helping Israel. That's uh, that's okay with me. But uh, when it comes to Ukraine, not that I, I'm not opposed to Ukraine, but I just want more information about where this money is going and what exactly this money is accomplishing. I mean, we have spent billions of dollars sending money to Ukraine. Again, I'm not against it, but I don't know anything about it. And I don't think the American, I don't think this whole thing about Ukraine has been explained to the American people correctly or properly. And uh, this is a great opportunity to do it when we have a vote in the House and in the Senate, and we actually put everybody on record as to where they stand on, on, on Ukraine. Now, the Israel vote, as I say, that's going to go down easily, but it's going to be good to put Democrats on the record, particularly the famous squad, and let's put them on the record and see how many of them vote against uh, the Israeli expenditure. I wouldn't be surprised if many of them do and embarrass uh, President Biden uh, in the process. The border vote, I mean, the border security uh, money, what the White House is proposing has nothing to do with border security. It's all about, you know, having more money for the transfer of people inside the country and also for sending money to cities to deal with the problem. That's not going to fly. It shouldn't fly. We shouldn't be sending money to cities. This is a local problem that they created and they need to deal with it, either raise taxes or do something about uh, or put pressure on the Biden administration to deal uh, with uh, the, the, the situation on the border. But I'm, I would not favor it sending any money to any of these so-called sanctuary cities who are now having to deal with the problem that they created by calling themselves a sanctuary city. I've got a post uh, coming out uh, Sunday talking about the impact of inflation on the family budget. We have now seen, for example, car loans, delinquencies are going up, delinquencies for car loans, uh, credit card loans, and many other uh, problems that the American family is having. And of course, it's all about inflation. When you have inflation, there's no way that uh, your salary is going to keep up with inflation. That's just the way it is. So a lot of American families, in, they look at things like the unemployment rate. They look at things like the GDP growth. And that on the surface looks positive. But it's when you look at that family budget and how much money they have left over at the end of the month. That's the reason that uh, President Biden has an economic problem, because a lot of Americans are going month to month and they don't have a lot of money left over. And that's what's creating a lot of the cash flow problems in the family. So check out my post on Sunday about inflation and the American family. Thank you for listening. Everybody have a wonderful day. And uh, well, we'll, we'll watch baseball tonight, uh, game two of the World Series right here in Arlington, Texas, that beautiful stadium, by the way, just an absolutely beautiful stadium. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.